0: I find in me that reminds me of you, and it's kindness, it's patience, it's honesty, it's accountability, and it's love. How's everybody feeling?
1: <laughs> it saved me doing this podcast in a way that I don't say lightly. Like I was not in a good place mentally.
0: Can I be honest? I suggested that for that very reason, for you to understand, you're never,
1: you're never alone. Who in this room feels lonely? Raise your hands. The acceptance of what is. Is the first step to any
0: type of transformational change. There has been times where I want to validate what I
1: feel my own sense of manhood is. I know you can see a version of me that's this, but I don't. That's not who I am. I'm not. I'm not that thing. I'm not that thing. You are a spirit. You live in a body, and you have a soul.
0: Spill the special now streaming only on ThinkEdenMedia.com.
1: How are you, man? Good, brother. I'm sweaty, actually, because I've just been in my room hula hooping because I had a casting come through that was like, can you hula hoop? And I was like, me? Oh, my god. I'm the best hula hooper in town. <laughs> I, d- d- do you know what? That was the
0: last thing I was expecting you to say. How? I don't even know how you uh, calibrate that. Like, man is, man is trained, yeah, for the deepest of roles, bruv, to be able to cut into the side <laughs> of the subject that you need to extricate their intrinsic substance. And these man wanna know, if we give you a hula hoop, <coughs>
1: can you swing your hips in rhythm and time? And here's me running to my local Nisa, which sells everything from crockery to light bulbs to DIY materials to get a hula hoop, which is a child size. And it's almost impossible. (laughs) Brother,
0: all I can say is unprecedented
1: times. (laughs) (laughs) Unprecedented times. How are you, man? How are you? I am good, (laughs) my bro. I've
0: been living off of our plan to hope conversation um, on the basis of that even with everybody or those that interact with the conversations and what we do and stuff, is that we are people that definitely try and live out the practical nature of what we speak about that it's not kind of just convoluted contrived woo-woo talk and it doesn't have any basis or practical application or foundation so it was really funny that you asked how my morning was this morning because after having that conversation I felt like I had an objectively subjective situation where the world felt a little hopeless mm. walking in to, to, to the office well, um yeah, and I say that in, on the basis of I define the world as what's around me mm. in any situational moment or time. Do mm. you know what I'm saying? Because the planet in itself is way too big for me to comprehend or amass that emotion
1: of everybody. You'd
0: be crushed every minute of every day. 100%, bro, 100%. and I think sometimes um, we need to break things down those bite-sized ways so that we can understand it in a way that actually matches our capacity, but also allows us to upscale it. And just this morning, I had a couple of moments where I passed people, um, most notably as well, m- more elderly citizens.
1: Mm.
0: And it felt so great. Yeah. yeah. Do you understand you know what I'm saying? Oh man, yeah. And And that was the thing is that, I'm not saying that I then automatically felt I was like oh I feel so oppressed but no it was more of a thing where I just it's almost like I feel what was happening in their world oh man
1: yeah
0: yeah and, and I was just like whoa whoa there was one lady like imagine she, you're, we're walking down the hill she's walking down the hill I'm walking up the hill didn't even look up didn't even look up dude like not even what, not even to to
1: check where she was going. Yeah, just in it, man. It's I think also like if you a very, I use the word sensitive uh, in a positive way, in, in yes. terms of a very open and receptive person and very empathetic, like you are. Then the when you see people, I think you kind of you can feel their entire narrative play out as they as as they pass by. Sometimes you feel, or maybe or maybe you don't feel like this, but. I always feel when I see certain people in situations like that, especially elderly people, you kind of see their whole life for a moment. And obviously, you know, you're (laughs) filling in the blanks of of the facts of it, but like you really feel that person's, that person was a child. There was a time when that person was a child and had plans for their future and had had (laughs) dreams and looked forward to maybe getting married one day or having children one day. And maybe those things happened, maybe they didn't. And sometimes it feels unbelievably pertinent, like unbelievably hyper i feel unbelievably hyper aware of those things i don't know do you yeah um what you've described for those
0: that are aware of it on a a mental level we call them or we know them as empaths Mm.
1: which i didn't know was a real thing until last year we had a conversation about this i thought it was like a woo woo. i'm so sensitive and like open i (laughs) also uh,
0: until i realized um we had a conversation a little while ago where we spoke about Happiness versus joy, calm versus peace. Now, the upscaled version of what we know as an empath or empathy is discernment. It is the ability to see what is not readily shown. So it is the intention behind the manifestation of the visual. Mm. Mm. That is the upscale, like spiritual gift, if you will. It's, It's called discernment. And so for those that don't understand How to then Speak to what they What's there but can't be seen <laughs> We call them empaths Because the person
1: feels You feel them Yeah, But you can't release them And that's, and that's the thing That's the challenge in it that It's a beautiful thing Because your heart's open And you get to experience People's lives And people's, people's experiences vividly But You have to then protect yourself In order to stay f- filled up enough so that you're not pouring from an empty cup to quote the prophet by Kilal Gibran do you know what I mean like you have to 100%. put things in place so that you're not constantly like this open wound to the world because otherwise like we said at the beginning you'll just be crushed with all the suffering and, and, and beauty in the world but do you know what we,
0: we are we should all aim to be in a simple term uh, a, a vessel of flow through the reason why sometimes I think people miss the balance in sometimes trying to do what i like to call holistic good and when i say holistic good i talk about good that's done on the soul level so Mm -hmm. when we talk about the soul we're speaking about how a person might help aid a person's healing within their mind their will and their emotion. So it's the mental capacity that then um, trickles through that um, directs a person and how they act within the natural world in between every single day does that make sense mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes the problem that we have is that we we take the burden we don 't pass it along,
1: yeah
0: yeah, and that's that 's where you get you feel like the world's crushing you when i you see when I was walking up it wasn 't about me taking on what I call the affliction of the masses. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's only one person in history that I've ever known that did that. <laughs> I ain't trying to walk where he walked, bro. <laughs> I'm going to walk in that flow through, bro. <laughs> so, but what I do allow it to do is allow it to allow it to make an impression on me yeah. so that in these moments, the flow through to whoever will hear this that experience begins to aid wherever they are. And we may never see them. And that's the basis of I am tree. I, I take in that which is poisonous. And because of the basis of my intrinsic composition, I can turn poison and breathe out life. And the reason why I call it I am tree, because you go into the vine, the vine will then through life, spring branches that then create leaves (laughs) and so it's what comes out
1: of what's attached to the vine that creates life for the atmosphere around for anyone listening tell them about Ivan tree what is iron tree well it do you know what i
0: was um as people know like um i'm very um i'm very specific about my my prayer life and meditating Mm -hmm. um and I don't mean that in a, oh, you know, a, a kind of gratitude y way. I'm very specific in terms of like my, my spiritual relationship and what I direct and focus that upon. Yeah. And I was, in, uh, I was in a passage of scripture, and this scripture was particularly talking about the vine and what is attached to the vine and, and so on and so forth. Um, and after I finished reading the scripture, I was just meditating on it. And I was just like, how magnificent is the tree? That it survives within life and death as a comparative. And it sucks in that which would harm us hmm. to give back that which would give us life. So then, in our daily interaction, it's not about me absorbing on the basis that I'm the tree because I know what I give into. So, as the branch or the leaf, I can take in, so that it goes into the vine, knowing that what's in the vine has the ability to create alchemy, to then cause life back out through me into the atmosphere I'm in. And sometimes that may just be in taking a moment and having a word with a person and listening. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's oh, not absolutely, man. Always loud and massively visual. And that's what, yeah, that kind of the basis of um, the concept of Iron Tree, and also just that
1: that evaluation this morning. Yeah, because I think people, man, happiness in our culture in general is a really complicated thing to try and unravel. Because I think oh, wow. I, I think actually happiness is, is a difficult destination to try and achieve in terms of happiness is a, a mood. Like I'm happy right now talking to my boy face time. I'm happy about that but that's, it's like we said about peace and peace and joy you know peace and calm for sure peace and, peace and calm sorry yeah like you know because um, this is great when we get off the phone though then I'm going to be on my own and I won't feel as happy and if I berate myself for that <laughs> then you feel less happy I'm going to feel less happy for sure like <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't mean I'm, I'm in peril <laughs> do you know what I mean and no. I think people can man like the way well like yesterday I watched this Audrey Hepburn documentary called Audrey and um, yeah. I, I thought it would be some nice light watching before bed like a nice peaceful <laughs> lovely Audrey Hepburn's beautiful face <laughs> before bed and I was in tears man I was in wow. bits wow I was in bits why there's a, because there's a part oh man so this is a woman who an amazing actress an amazing woman who worked with UNICEF in her later years for, for years and years and years um, raising like millions and millions of children starving children around the world Uh, in her young years delivered messages for the resistance in the war like this incredibly interesting lady um, who sort of personifies our like the golden age of Hollywood's idea of love and happiness right and there's a bit there's an interview with her granddaughter and uh, she had a hard life man and uh, Audrey and her granddaughter says and she's in tears and she says it she goes my dad as in Audrey Hepburn's partner said that the biggest secret about Audrey Hepburn that the world never knew was that she was sad and as simple as that, man, <sighs> wrecked me, wrecked me. And that's it. It's like, we spoke about this a little bit before, I think. And we're so um, turned towards success hmm. equating to to peace. Wow. Wow. That's, that's very good.
0: deep what you said, my mate. Yeah, bro, <laughs> It's very, very deep. The biggest
1: secret she kept from the world was that she was sad. She was the very opposite of what she projected. And that's the theme, man. Any, any icon of that level, Marilyn, Audrey, pick anyone from the last 100 years of cinema and any celebrity status. When you, when you look just beneath the surface, there's so much tragedy and trauma. And I, I think it really speaks to... If it feels reminiscent to me of like social media influences today and yeah. a kids, kid's aspire into that as a means to sort of feel good about themselves. When we know it doesn't, we know that's only going to be dangerous.
0: You just, you actually just um, cracked the code of what happened this morning. Dude, it's projection versus reality. Hmm. What I saw was people at a certain stage of their life coming to terms with what it really is. Cause it's a year it's gonna be a year not too far from now, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Since man. they've been locked up, ain't seen nobody. <sighs> and they're at a stage in their life where life should be getting easier and more calm. Yeah. Ugh. And when sometimes you're left with the reality after the projections been absolutely shattered, that can break your heart. Brother. And your spirit. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Purpose isn't something you capture. It captures you. But you can aid the process by being available and investing in your gift, purifying the intention of its use every day. Because like your gift, purpose leaves traces. Love, light, and pure intention. Spill Volume 1. Available on paperback. From ThinkEdenMedia.com.
1: There's actually a line in that documentary where she says, and, and there's been a lot of talk about this pandemic equating to like a war, and there's been a lot of like war languages, you know, like frontline workers. And, you know, there's, <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been, that's been the narrative that, you know, we're fighting this battle. And there's a line in that documentary where she talks about the Second World War, where she says that when she was a kid, you know, they thought it was going to last a week. They didn't know it was going to last five years. And she's like, if we, thought it, right. if we knew it was in the last five years, we probably would have just shot ourselves there. And then, and it kind of made me think about it now. And it's like, we're in lockdown for a minute longer, man. I kind of get why they're like, "Out soon, we'll be out soon, we'll be out soon, we'll be out outdoors again soon," because you can't really receive it all in one go. It's too much. Yeah, you're right. But then, not that I can do but
0: no, and, and that's the thing because you're asking yourself, then how did we get to the point where we couldn't hear the truth?
1: Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying?
0: Boom. You can look at the symptoms, or you can start to follow the thing back and go. <laughs> I can keep trying to treat the cough, or I can go. I might need to look at my diet so I can deal with this cough. (laughs) Hundred percent. And you said something very, very um, pertinent with social media, because what these things do, or what they, and and I'm not saying because everything's about balance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes we're too quick to 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 be casting the the stone of good on that and the stone of bad. Listen. Too much of any one thing is going to tip you out of balance. Any Do you one know thing, what I'm saying? dude. So you need to be able to um, find a place where you can draw yourself back sometimes, because we like what we like, mm. and because we're now in a place where we're used to excess. They, we're, we're no longer in a place where we can be told the cold hard truth that is before us because we almost um, redesigned ourselves to believe that bad news ain't meant for us it's not meant to be part of our diet
1: mm. which is strange in a, <laughs> in a reality where everyone is 100% going to die one day and the fact that that feels like an extreme thing to say, and is a bit of like a sore thing to mention, is I know, wild. I, I kind
0: of breathed in a bit hard when you just said that. I, was like, I know, I know, right? No, so no, do no, I, I don't I, of... speak, I don't even want to be saying
1: that too loud. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly yeah. it. It's like, it's like that's the secret that is sort of behind every decision of everything that we all do. That's never discussed, like or even in school. That you know, you're never even made aware that you're alive. That's a really bizarre thing to say, but. In, in the sense that there's never a, uh, you're never given the tools to connect this reality with your consciousness, if that makes sense, to, to be told that you're having, having an experience. You're having a conscious experience, by the way, kids, at some point. You're sort of in it. Luke, that
0: is such a... It's such an accurate statement hmm. because it speaks to the nature of what is and the reality of what is. The problem is with with things the reason why some things are hard to talk about is because we all like to know, yeah, we all like to be sure because we've convinced ourselves that we're in control mm-hmm. until a situation comes that really shows you you 're not in control. what you 've been given is the lowercase version of control, which is called management
1: yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? percent Because the history of the world has taught us Whenever we've assumed autonomous control We wreck stuff to a level that is beyond belief Beyond belief The planet Dude, ourselves <laughs> Ourse- Yeah, really and truly really ourselves Like, 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 like forget, forget the temple that we're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talk
1: about the one you own Behaviour is hard enough
0: Come on so when you think you're in control and then you realize you're not that sent a lot of people a bit sideways because sure. now they just want the thing that allows them to feel like they're back in control and we now know this as a buzzword called normality yeah yeah a new normal do, do do you understand what i'm saying and that's the thing that what i think if if you're really kind of open to maybe how some of the chips have fallen is that if, that, if normal was control, then the new normal is just going to be a new form of the thing you thought you had in a more upscaled and maybe even tighter situation. Yeah. So then it's about maybe turning your mentality to the basis of management. I can't control time, Lucas, but I can manage it mm-hmm. because I don't have the power to stop or start it. What I do have the power to do is to basically set it out so that I can complete certain things within the time period that I have to deal with it. So then, in a way, I have a construct of control, but it's a lesser form called management. But if I fail to manage, then
1: I fail to control. Mm. Yeah, bro. I'm going to ask you a big question. I'm gonna Go ask you a big, deep question. Hit me. Are you personally scared of dying? Uh, I haven't been for about 10 years. Haven't been? So you were? There was a time? Yeah, mm. of course. Mm. Yeah, for sure. What, what changed? <laughs> um I understood
0: that seventy years compared to eternity is not even a drop in the ocean. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Which made me go. That's like in terms of and obviously I can't I don't have the capacity to comprehend eternity just in the basis of that I understand it so when I thought about it I thought okay cool so then if eternity is never 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 ending like 70 years is like a second maybe half a second Mm -hmm. so then that's the equivalent of a waiting room so then if where I am is transitory Mm. then how can I get caught up with something that was never meant to be permanent if I'm going into the permanency (laughs) and and I know that sounds way too logical to be
1: like but it's a beautiful way to put it but
0: dude and and then I ask myself in the form of the format of creation that which completes me is the very thing that I'm heading into that can't hold fear. Because then I'm going to have the ability, and you know me, Lou, because I've got like a million and one questions. <laughs> I'm going to be like, tell me of everything. <laughs> so, on that level, we will talk, and, and let me tell you why, also, I think is the biggest thing why I don't, why it, 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 I don't have that, that fear. Mm. I, from what I've seen And obviously you know My dad's um, a minister So uh, yeah. I've watched him Very closely Because it amazes me The amount of people That call for him When they're in that That period
1: Wow Oh yeah. wow Yeah of course yes, Of course Luke.
0: Oh my gosh Like, right. and, and it's amazing Because sometimes I can see the surprise On his face He's like really? Yeah they, they want me to come And because of his His calling And because of Of what he does My dad will always go yeah, Of course he will and um the thing that I realised, Luke's I if I never if I was never able to do anything in the creative arts industry or music or anything ever again mm. Luke's I don't know I could write a book now loaded Yeah from what I've been able to 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 be involved in What I feel like I've been able to achieve Like even being able To write some literature You've got the blueprints For a couple other books That I wanted to do So like Even if I didn't If I weren't here no more That stuff is there As a a legacy if you will I almost feel like I manage my time
1: Brother Now
0: Imagine that Yeah brother I feel the same It's not that It's not
1: that thing That I'm getting to the end I'm like I'd be like Okay Alright Do you remember like Two years ago We had a conversation where we said we were talking about this basically and saying that not and this sounds so morbid but it's not at all it's a really beautiful thing to be aware of we were basically saying i've had a pretty good run already man like in terms of this life of what you can get out of life, Dude. i've been very blessed i've met some beautiful people and i've done some incredible things very grateful it's wonderful <laughs> things because i think you've identified
0: the reason mm. and not the objective that's what prepares you i believe because so much of our life is based on objectives. I need to get married. I need to have a good job. I need to be at this point. I need. Why though? Mm. Mm. And sometimes we objective chase because we're avoiding the why. And the thing is, when you actually <laughs> understand the reason, yes. the objectives become. Oh, they evaporate because you realize it's just process. It's just process. And you find contentment because the reason will give you center. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, right, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah So yeah.
0: It's, it's like you, it's not a case of, of being morbid. It's, it's trying to activate those in our generation to go, listen, what this should have taught you is that reduction is the first basis to expansion. Mm. Ha. You have to get rid of all the filler so you know what's in the middle. All the noise. All the noise. All of it. All of it. Because the reality is, What's happened over the last year Lucas is going to affect Three more generations So our generation that have kids Are watching our parents struggle And some of them pass And so on and so forth we're then trying to homeschool our kids Who realise that we're traumatised And we know they're traumatised yeah. Who are then going to do what our parents did And try and give their kids everything they didn't have Which is going to mess them up Because then they're going to give them an imbalance Which means they then have a generation of kids And before we start to figure this out You're 80 years down You're nearly a century down the line In generations that have been affected by something that We went through
1: does that make sense absolutely man i think
0: about this a lot and that's why i think it doesn't provide like it doesn't scare me
1: yeah
0: it's it's a challenge that i think for those of us aware enough and especially in like our our industry and, and that teach and educate activation intrinsic activation and appreciation but you can only appreciate what you can see and understand. Does that that make sense? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. There was some stuff in my in my grandma's house, I used to think that was just some old stuff. Until when she wasn't here anymore and people and you're like, why are they why is everybody looking at that for? And you're like, Oh. Oh, okay. And and you just used to use that for like a goalpost in the yard when you're playing yeah. football with your cousins and stuff, and then you realise I should maybe have not have been using that for a goalpost. Why? Because I I wasn't at a place where I could appreciate it because I didn't understand its value. Oh, man. And, 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 Luke, the biggest thing is I believe we are all at the most exciting point right here, right now. The minute you're left with basic decisions, yes or no, this, this whole thing has taken away so much grey. Oh, but so much grey. <laughs> you're, you're, you're down to ground zero, bro. Like, okay. <laughs> Let's get the schematics out. Let's get the blueprints. <laughs> man, is, man is clearing the table, bro. And if it wasn't like that, I'll be smashing everything off this desk. Like, you remember, home, you remember Home Alone? When he gets the house plan for Finya, Man clears the table. <laughs> Crit.
1: Listen. Sweaty. Clearing the table oh bro there's um we should wrap this up in a second but there's a okay. there's, there's a beautiful bit at the end of the documentary to bring it full circle as a nice as a nice outro to so tie that in a bow at the end oh, of yeah. that documentary where um her whole thing was basically she was a banner when she was a kid Audrey I'm talking about again Audrey Hepburn and uh and this whole journey of trying to find love in the world and in her like final days she was I think living in in the Italian countryside, Switzerland, she's living in Switzerland in the countryside. Okay. All her family around in bed, like knowing she was going. And uh, she said that she finally felt loved for the first time. And she said to her, her son, (laughs) I've heard this a few times in people that approached in the end, I always find it really interesting. She said to her son, there's people here to take me. You can't see them, but they're here to take me. And I'm gonna go with them soon. Wow. I always find that so beautiful man when people are right at the end like Steve Jobs' last words were wow (laughs) like (laughs) do do,
0: do you know what and I love what you said because it's just spoken to me in a really deep way and on the basis of where we are I think it will it will it will draw the curtain nicely she stopped looking for it and decided to just accept it (laughs) yeah yeah. And to everybody listening to us You don't have to look for what's already yours You have to find a way To intrinsically just say yes
1: That's all We're done
0: <laughs> We're Love done you here
1: all. Love you all Thank you for listening mm-hmm. Love you brother Love you too man Letting love exist in love should be the greatest aspiration of our lives. Be it your romantic love, your friends, or your love of collecting niche, rare coins, or whatever weird, wonderful little things you do, you weirdo. Because the intoxication of love isn't a masking of the real world, but rather it's a waking up to it. Love isn't a numbing agent, it's a stark and aggressive reminder of the fact that this precise form of conscious experience is finite and fleeting. Spill Volume
0: 1. Available on paperback. From thinkedenmedia.com.